You're listening to Biz Quick. This is where Julie and Corey provide quick and useful information to small business owners. Biz Quick is the podcast where small business owners get to showcase their businesses and receive expert advice and guidance in areas many entrepreneurs struggle with. And you, the listener, get solutions, tips, and tricks on real-world topics that many small business owners face. Julie and Corey are the experts small businesses hire when they need solutions. And the BizQuick podcast is just one way they deliver those solutions. Let's start the show. Hello and welcome to BizQuick. I'm Corey. And I'm Julie. And on today's episode, we have Mal McCallion. McKillian. I probably put that. McCallion. Yeah, we're all, uh, he's from the UK, so I'm sure we'll uh, we'll get the actual pronunciation when he's on. Um, he is the host of Business Growth Execution Podcast, and he is an expert in launching and scaling businesses. And we were recently on his podcast, which is just another reason why I should know how to pronounce his last name. But yes. it was a fun podcast <laughs> with was. him. He's a Mal's a really good guy. So um, I am excited to talk to him today, but I am mostly because I'm super excited about this um, topic because it's been sort of weighing on my mind for a while now, which is the, how, I don't even know how to say it, to to really succinctly say why the choices people make on where to start with their businesses, the things they focus on first. Yeah, it's, it's funny because it's like, from the outside looking in, like if you were to stop and think about what you're doing, like it might not like, especially like I said, on the outside looking in, it doesn't make logical sense sometimes. Like, why are you doing this? You know, you're, you're building the roof before you build the foundation of the house or whatever it is like, and in some instances that might make sense. You're building a modular home and whatever, but um, the, it it doesn't make sense. And it's because I feel like a lot of people just kind of get rolling and they don't have a plan. I, I agree. I also think people, and I want to, I'm going to get better at asking people because we work with a lot of business owners or people who are just launching a business or they're in the very early stages. Right. And, you know, one of the first questions we always ask people, do you have a business plan? And almost always the answer is no. And, but then you'll ask them something really obscure. Like, do you have, I'm just trying to think of, you know, like, I, oh, people will start with a website or maybe, um, you know, in, in a recent instance, somebody's starting with a sales page and I'm like, okay, so what, what about the foundation of the business? And so I need to get better at asking why, because I'm really curious at the logic that goes on behind that, because I feel like there's something we can help with there. Well, I think there's two things going on. There's one, most people don't think about the foundation because like the numerous times we've talked about business ca- uh, business plans on this podcast is that people think that they only need one if they're going to a bank or that it needs to be 96 pages long or whatever. It doesn't have to be complicated. Um, so and they don't realize what goes into that, which is the, the culture, the core values, like all of those important things that you need to have a successful business. Um, but the, the other thing is like, I, well, I lost my train of thought, so I'll, I'll throw it over to you. <laughs> I, you know what? I don't think that's ever happened before. We made it like 80 or 90 episodes before you lost your train of thought. I love it. And you know what? Nine months ago, we would have like stopped recording and like cut yeah. that out, but we're just rolling with it. Um, Do you think it has anything to do with their passion? Like what the things that they're passionate are, do they enjoy doing or they feel like they're good at? 
or do you think like we've talked we talked to somebody recently who they're they want to launch a product-based business and it's like in the food area right and so they're doing their due diligence on creating a solid product to see if it's a viable product before they ever launch the business makes total sense to me 100 total sense but what wouldn't make sense to me is if they started to create their ad campaign first, where they're like, let's, let's create the ads and see if people want to buy it. I'm like, you don't have anything for people to buy. Yeah. So, but it just seems to me that I, I'm frequently taken aback by what people have done. Yeah. I, I just think it's, they don't know where to start. And so they just kind of start and, and they do the things that they know or they like, like you said, it's like if you were going to, um, let's say you were going to build a house. It's like, all right, well, I don't know anything about electrical, but I do know how to paint. So I'm just going to put some walls up and start painting and then come to realize, oh, I'm going to have to rip out a lot of these walls or put holes in all of these walls so that I can run the electrical behind them. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's just one of those things where people, they, they don't stop to think of like what that logical, what the logical steps should be in order to build a business or grow the business. And a lot of times it's just a snowball thing, especially if you have a side hustle and it's, you're creating a product, you're providing a service, whatever it is. And then somebody asks you, can you make some for, you know, this, can, can I buy a hundred? Can I buy a thousand? And the next thing you know, you're trying to figure out whether or not this is a full-time business and you don't, you haven't done anything because you never thought that a, it would be successful like that or that it could grow as quickly as it did yeah that's true do you think though and in the end regardless of where somebody starts that it's pretty much always fixable that they can go back and build the foundation afterwards do i think they think that or do i think that they can do you think they can oh yeah 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 definitely so then why is it so important to us that they build the foundation first well, I mean, I know the answer to it. I just want you to tell their audience. Oh, yeah? <laughs> what is the answer then? <laughs> well, I know the answer. <laughs> uh, so it's... Uh, Let's write them down. Well, it, no, it just, it takes more time and money and resources to to go back and do it like after you started versus doing it properly the first time. It's like fixing a bug after it hits production versus finding it during the test cycle of the first release or something. Yeah, or, you know, creating proper requirements so that bug doesn't exist. Oh, sure. Take it back even (laughs) further. Yeah, that makes complete and total sense. So, all right. I guess I, um, I'll, I'll buy into that. I, you know, I'm a big fan of the work, do the foundational work first, but it's pretty much what we built our business on. Yeah. And that's why I love process as much as I do, because it helps with that. And that's one of the things when it comes to when you're doing technology or any kind of improvement, people are like, oh, well, let's, let's just install this new computer system. Cool. Well, if you don't know how that's going to affect how everything works in your business, you're screwed. Yeah. I mean, you could possibly get by, but more than likely, you're gonna, you're just gonna spend a lot of time fixing problems that it's the the whole thing where people are like, ah, oh, technology is supposed to fix problems. Yeah, but it creates so many more problems because nobody factors in all of the different ways that it's going to affect what you're doing manually right now. Yes. Yeah, 100% agree. 100%. All right. We um, probably need to take a quick break and then bring Mal in. Hey, everyone. If you're like most entrepreneurs out there, time is not something you ever seem to have enough of. We get it. There are a million things that need your attention, both in business and in your personal life. That's why we created Time Bomb. This is a self-paced course designed to help you determine what your time is worth and where you should be spending those precious hours every day. 
Right now, we have an option to buy the bundle, which also includes products designed to help you become more efficient with your time. It's a $70 deal you're getting for only an additional $30. Head on over to sbpace.com to learn more. Time Bomb, take control of your calendar, gain control of your life. All right, welcome back to the podcast. We have Mal McCallion on. I got it right the first time in the intro, so welcome to the show, Mal. (laughs) Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks so much for having me on. Good to see you. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for being here. It's uh, good to see you again. We were uh, just recently on your show, which was a lot of fun. You were indeed the Great Things podcast. It was a wonderful episode. Thanks so much. And I had a lot of fun then, and I have no doubt this is going to be more of the same. Yes. So before we dive into um, a fun topic... Uh, tell our listeners a little bit about you and what you do. Well, thanks. Um, so, yeah, my background is um, I was lucky enough to be part of some, some big startups over here in the UK, uh, a business called Zoopla, which is kind of like Zillow everywhere you are. Uh, and that became a unicorn. It was very exciting. Um, and we, I also, back in 2000, so a very long time ago, was part of a business called uh, Prime Location com that sold for 48 million pounds as well so uh, yeah been been really lucky to be part of some great startups what that did was set me on this kind of obsession with with growth and with with what makes businesses succeed uh, and that's that's why I set my business Groshan. that's why I've kind of been involved with with a bunch of other um, exciting startups along the way and yeah I've just been sort of really um, energized by this idea, particularly perhaps coming through the pandemic, that a lot of people are setting up businesses right now. And how can we help them to make the most of this opportunity to avoid some of the pitfalls and mistakes that I think, you know, that, that are, are part of that process and help people to be more successful uh, as quickly as possible as well. Yeah, we love how many people are starting businesses. It's probably, we, we were a little surprised by it, but it's, it's, it's the number one thing that we help people with. And that is not what we thought we would be helping people with. So <laughs> that's nice. No, there's, there's a stat over here in the UK. So a company's house uh, is where you would go to incorporate all the businesses, any new businesses. Uh, it's up 38% in the last six months of last year than it was the six months 2019. So it's, it's huge. There's wow. a whole tsunami of people coming through. So yeah, let's, uh, let's all help what we can. Great. Well, the uh, I mean, that ties in well to what we were talking about prior to this and what we wanted to talk about with you today is the the fact that a lot of people, they start businesses and they make some odd decisions and put their focus and energy and time and money into certain things when to us or just any outside observer, the, the, they'd quit, why are you doing that right now? You know? Yeah. I think that the word odd is is very well deployed there. Uh, yeah, I, th- I, I think it is just one of those kind of key things that, that people get so wrong is is they just they, they start without without the plan, right? You kind of you've got an idea and you think, I am so ready to go and do this. This is my calling. This is everything, and, and I've just got to go and do it. And, and, and in that wonderful kind of moment of energy, they'll. You know, they'll, they'll go and hire an HR person, right? They'll think I'm all about the people. So I've got to make sure I get the right HR person in right now and they haven't got any people. Or, you know, they'll make sure, you know, that they've got, um, you know, so, so a, a legal, a really tight legal kind of thing done. You know, the, the contracts are everywhere and, 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 you know, they haven't actually got a product to sell, to protect or anything like that. So I think it's a really good uh, topic and, and something I think that, that's going to help people a lot is, yeah, what, what are those kind of, those missteps that, that are very, very easily made right, right up front. Yeah, I'm so 
I've just become recently over the last like three or four weeks, just sort of somewhat obsessed with it. Like, and I, I need to start digging in deeper and asking why, like, why was that your focus? Why are you doing that? Because I think one, I think it will provide some interesting and very telling data points about some, maybe some misconceptions that are out there in the in, in the world or on the internet about what people should be doing. Um, I also think there's a little bit of it being, um, I don't know if it's fear or if it's um, laziness, I, I'm not sure, but I think a lot of people don't wanna write a business plan because they feel like a business plan is hard work. And so if I do something else first to legitimize the business, maybe I can get away without having a business plan. Yeah, and I think it's it's that kind of almost holding, holding themselves to account. One of the things that I've found starts to explain it is the motivations why people do this in the first place and one of the motivations why people set up businesses is they don't want to be told what to do so actually being told what to do by themselves so the future they're already thinking my future my current self is telling my future self what to do and actually i don't you know i've got here i want to be a bit more spontaneous i've got this wonderful idea and why don't we just go out there and see what happens you know i'm so so certain that my idea is the best thing, that I'm just going to go out and give it a massive swing and, and, and hope for the best. And I think that that's a, a lot a lot of what's behind it is just this, this desire not to be controlled by anything because they've seen what control did and that's not that's not for them. Yeah, it's a, it's a great point because I'm actually kind of throwing together ideas for a, a blog about this subject as well that we're working on. And, and one of the reasons that I have in there is arrogance. And I couldn't find a better word for that, but it's the, I can, like, I'm going to be successful no matter what. I'm going to do it better. I'm going to make a ton of money. Like just that mindset of like, I can't fail. Yeah. And that, that's like, I mean, they just run, you know, headfirst into business ownership and don't realize what they've gotten themselves into. For sure. And, and, you know, some of that is bravado and it's difficult to know where the kind of bravado stops and the, you know, kind of almost just living like suicide begins. You know, it's just like, I'm just going to charge in this direction and carry on going and everything around me is going to be a blur. And I'm just going to hope like hell I'm going to make it. And, you know, you need some of that confidence. Absolutely. Because you wouldn't get moving in the first place without it. But at the same time, there needs to be it for, for me. And one of the reasons why, why I've set up Groshen is, you've got to have a certain step process within it, right? You've got to have some understanding. You've got to have a product, all right? So you've got to know what that product is. You've got to have something that people can look at and know that they're acquiring. You've got to have a marketing campaign. You've got to have a message, all right? It may not be something that's, you know, really kind of all the way thought through from, from start to finish, but you've got to have something that communicates to people why you are here and you've got to be able to, to pitch it and to be able to close the deal on it. And those three things, the product, the marketing, and the sales are the things that for me, you know, can get can get the wrong way around. People can think they can do without one of them, um, but it's it's essential that, that, that you think of them and, as, as being a critical part of your, your startup and your launch. Yeah, we so we always start with, um, regardless of what stage somebody is in, whether they have been in business for five years, <clears throat> excuse me, or they're just getting ready to start a business or have recently started, the first question we always ask is, do you have a business plan, right? So we focus very heavily on foundation. We want to know 
the like, what do the financials look like core values mission statement what's your value proposition and you know all of those essentials the fundamentals we do a SWOT analysis with people to really yeah. understand you know where their strengths are what the secret sauce is but also what are, what are the threats and the weaknesses that we need to really be aware of and yeah. it's just it's it's really interesting to me most people think they don't need a business plan if they're not if they're not taking on investors they think they don't need a business plan Mm -hmm. right so yeah. no go ahead go ahead I, I, I just think and i think a lot of that is these kind of tales that you're told of you know the kind of bootstrapping just i kind of had this idea and i went for it sort of stories that that, that capture the imagination that the narratives that can get some people into entrepreneurship um as, by themselves but they're the ones that that, that don't uh, just like almost any kind of really um really a sticky story they don't really go into the detail of actually you know richard branson had to sit and work and slug and and go through all this kind of process in order to get to that those millions but you just hear the the small stories about how he just had this idea and it happened steve jobs you know similarly and you know th these are the things that you know you don't get the detail of elon musk and all the guys that, that, that are behind him and making this thing work you just kind of say he was sitting on an LA freeway, stuck in traffic and had the idea for the boring company. And now it's here. You know, those are the things that, that just, and everyone goes, wow, it's that easy. And, and really guys, you, you have to think much more seriously about some of the nuts and bolts of that process because it doesn't just magic up. Yeah. And, and I think that for, for our listeners, and I'm sure you're familiar, but you know, the American dream, so to speak, is, yeah. is to like, I'm going to build a business and I'm going to become super successful and all of that. The problem is that uh, for every Elon Musk and, you know, Richard Branson out there, there's, you know, 10 million people who are doing just fine, yeah. but they aren't multi, multi millionaires. And that's what it should be is like, I want to have a successful, solid business. I want to be able to take a vacation where I want to, when I'm allowed to. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to that day. Jeez. <laughs> That's but, funny. But yeah, like, I mean, if your goal is to be a multi multi millionaire, that's great, but you have to realize that there's a good chance you're not going to be. It's, it's also, unusual. Yeah, yeah, it is unusual. And also, being a multi multi millionaire is a very different proposition than being just a business owner and being your own boss. Like, when you are yeah. a multi, you there is a chances are you're working with a board of directors there's investors like you're no longer just answering to yourself anyway and there's a lot of people who are built for that and yeah. and want that i can tell you with 100 certainty i don't want that yeah. you know i want i do i want to be in the you know two comma club hell yes but yeah. do i want to have someone else telling me what to do all the time besides this guy no yeah. Is, is yeah. the price of getting there going to be loss of autonomy? Is that price going to be something that is genuinely unacceptable to, to, to my future? Yeah. And those are the questions you've got to ask. And like you say, from a business plan perspective, that's what you, you said. You ask yourself the hard questions there. You said, all right, what, what is three years going to look like? What's five years going to look like? How, how am I going to get from here, sitting out of this conversation, to there, five years older than me? being in this in this particular situation and and i think a business plan really um it's it, it's a good discipline to get people to really think about what's what's really important to them because if, if if the billionaire club is important then these are the things you're going to have to compromise on yep. or if the two holidays a year 
you know, lovely cabin by the lake is a thing, then these are the compromises you're going to have to make to get there as well. And you said the magic word, discipline, right? You have to have discipline and like your, you know, current self is going to be bossing future self around or future self bossing current self around all the time because you got, it's in some ways, you know, we were, we were fairly prepared and aware of what we were about to do when we launched this business, but there have been days and weeks and sometimes months where it was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. And I thought, Oh, okay. But you, you keep slugging along. Right. But it all start. it's discipline and consistency and, and having that solid foundation that you can fall back on and look at and say, okay, what, what are our goals? Where are we trying to get to? What are we doing? Absolutely. It, it is work. Okay. And this is the thing. It, it is, it's, it's, it's not working for somebody else, but it is work. And you have to have, as you say, that discipline. He said the outputs come from inputs and you've got to put the, the, the hours in, the activities in. You've got to know how many calls equals deals, you know, what the flow through of that funnel is. Um, so that you are, um, you're always optimizing. So you're always, you know, changing perhaps the, how you approach the, the 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 online demo or the pitch or the conversation around the table. Um, but you are very very clear that this is not just going to be something that you can click your fingers and, and magic up. It is going to take work. So what what advice or where would you like if you were talking to somebody? Because a lot of people they have a side hustle that all of a sudden turns into a full-time job there, you know, they've got a product or service and it's, and might not even start it off. They've got a hobby and somebody somebody says, Oh, I'll pay you to, to, to do whatever it is that you're doing. And then that turns into 10 people that turns into now I'm doing this, you know, out after I leave work at 5. PM, I'm working until 2. AM on my hobby, which is now a full-time job. And a lot of people, that's the the trap that they fall into is they're like, all right, well, I can quit my full-time job now, but, now I've, I've got a hobby as a full-time job. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So, I mean, like, what would you advise people when they're like, at what point should somebody start taking their, their side hustle seriously, more seriously? So, so I, I always go back to, to, to what, what's driving you, right? So, you know, the, 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 that side hustle might, but might not be the thing, right? It might might not be the thing they want to do. I've seen people get involved in that. Like you say, they, they suddenly it becomes this snowball that, that sucks all their time up and then and, and it, it grows arms and legs and, and, and lives. And actually it's just, it's, it's not what they want to do. So I always go back to this idea that you've got to think about what, what's right for you. What, what, what's your product concept? What is your mission? What, what are you here for? Um, and by understanding that, the, the, that problem that you are here to solve, that's what then helps you with the decision about when uh, or what to move across from and to. Um, if the side hustle was just a hobby and was just a bit of fun, then I would question whether it's something that you really want to kind of go full time into. You have to be honest with yourself about that because you know as well as I do that when things get tough, when uh, pandemics hit, when you know money starts to go, and that side hustle that, that was going really well then suddenly hits the hits a really tough. Uh, part unless you are really in love with it you're going to struggle right it's going to be something that is going to going to make you question whether you, you whether it's the right thing to do so um if it's the right thing to do then i would look i i, I am so such a believer that if it's if you're passionate about it and if it's something that is is giving you back um emotional as well as financial uh, reward 
then that's something that you should go for. You should be doing that. You should be doing that for as many hours of the day as you possibly can. And you should be getting as many people involved and excited by it as you are. Um, so that to me is, is, is a really, a really kind of key thing. That test, um, obviously, you know, money is important. You've got to know that you've got enough um, to be able to, to run it and to run at it. I'd probably say, you know, at least sort of three to six months worth of, uh, of run rate is, is, a, is a bare minimum. Uh, but certainly I think that, um, that, that you... Necessity drives invention. So you will find yourself doing the things that are necessary to make, make it successful if you have to make it successful and if you believe in it. And one caveat that I want to throw on there is the uh, we tell people that it, just because you love doing something now doesn't mean you're going to love it when it becomes your job. So, <laughs> you know, you don't want to ruin a hobby or your passion by turning it into yeah, work. <laughs> exactly that. And exactly what I was saying. You've got to know that this is that this is where you kind of sleep and breathe, right? You, you can't stop doing this. A hobby, even if you've got loads of people telling you you should, you know, you should charge for it, you should go and make it into a business, is not right if when the trouble starts or when it, you just, it just doesn't have that, that, that kind of spark for you. So absolutely agree with you. Just because it's something you like doing doesn't mean you'll love it when it's, when it's your business. Yeah. I have a question. Um, when, when somebody's starting a business, do you think that it matters where they start if they are getting going to, if they know up front they have to have investors versus they know they're bootstrapping it? So if I'm going to get investors, should I be focusing on something else first versus um, if I am bootstrapping it? And the reason that I asked, just real mm -hmm. quick, is yeah. I'm thinking of a um, you know prospect that we're speaking with right now who um, is taking on investors, a lot of investors, and wow. seems very focused on having a very um, sophisticated C-suite exist so that it, it I'm going to use the word impresses in the investors, though I don't, she's not used that word, but so, you know, in, in some instances, I wonder, like, does that make sense? Because I, in for me, I, I would never advise somebody starting up to start at that level, but I, I don't know because I we don't work with a lot of people who are taking investors right now. Yeah, I, I always worry. I think uh, I worry very much that you can you can try and impress people and, and you can paint it looking all beautiful and all that sort of stuff. But very quickly behind the scenes, there'll be those questions about, all right, not just business buying questions, but actually, what is it that you, you know, what are you going to make? What, how, what are you going to take out to market? How is that going to grow? Um, and by overloading your, your kind of the, the chief level, the, the, the C-suite, then you don't, you haven't proven that you can scale it. All right. And what every investor is looking for, for whether they're investing, you know, the 100,000 to the 100 million, is they are looking to know that that investment is going to be 5x, 10x over the next three to five years. So just by having people at the top end that are able to talk a good talk is not going to deliver the uh, product base or the service base that is going that is demonstrably able to achieve that. And I think that it's, it also costs a hell of a lot. Uh, and undoubtedly, you know, there's a reputational hit as well if things go wrong. I would far rather advise people that you start small, you, you prove what you can do, what you can do. You prove you've got some scale. You prove you know which levers to pull. So, you know, if you put that campaign and spend an extra, you know, however many thousands on that, and it delivers this many extra thousands of customers at this rate, 
So prove your, your, prove your numbers, prove your model, get that humming before you then start to overlay it with some really impressive people. Because those impressive people, if they're that easily hired, they will disappear just as quickly uh, if things don't go right. And that will then potentially mean future businesses and future investment will be harder to come by. Yeah, what's interesting is, um, so the, the advice at startup is really very much in alignment with the advice at exit that we always give, which is, you really, when you are preparing to sell your business, you want your people to have relative, the people that are going with the sale, you want them to have relatively low to mid-level titles because those high-level titles are problematic during an acquisition because you know, you've got to figure out how to fit those people into the new organization and they become much more at risk to not being able to keep their job if they're walking around with VP or C-level titles versus, you know, a mid-level manager or a director or something is much safer. So we're like, you want to make sure the titles are sort of industry aligned and not top heavy. That doesn't help your people. That hurts your people. I completely agree. And, and it also you know, can act as a bit of a repellent. To potential investors as well if they see that this is heavily loaded at the top uh then you know there's going to be that question about what what you know are, are, have they been overspending on that level you know who's driving the actual business itself uh and like you say you know if they then can't um pull those people into the wider business what's going to happen to them how is that going to be reputationally difficult and so on so yeah look i, I think that it's where these people have a defined role and it is essential that they're there, then of course that 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 goes without saying. But to bring people in for cosmetic reasons uh, or because you think they may have influence or something like that, I think is uh, is is really difficult to to justify and potentially um, highly counterproductive and can really impact negatively on what you do. Great. Well, we need to wrap up. Uh, so before we go, can you tell everybody how they can get in touch with you or learn more about you? Uh, great. Thanks, Corey. So yeah, it's Mal here, as I say, from, from Groshen. G-R-O-W-T-I-O-N dot C-O is the website. Uh, loads and loads and loads of stuff about executing on growth there. But yeah, look, I'm super grateful for, for, for the time. Really lovely to chat to you guys again, as ever. Uh, and yeah, look, if, uh, if anybody needs anything, then we're, we're always there. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being on our show. We enjoyed our conversation with you again. You also have a great Facebook group that people can check out. That's uh, very um, fun. And you do a lot of lives in there. So it's always interesting. Thanks to our listeners for tuning in. And all of Mal's information is going to be in our show notes. And you can connect with us on our social media accounts. We've got LinkedIn, sometimes Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We also have a YouTube channel where we've got a lot of videos out there. Our podcast just started getting posted out there. Do a lot of stuff on YouTube. And if you want to find out any way that you can get in touch with us, you can just go to our website, sbpace.com. And if anyone knows how to turn off the, the comments on YouTube, <laughs> go ahead and shoot us an email because it's driving me crazy because people just post dirty comments all the time and it's really annoying um you can subscribe to our podcast too we would really appreciate and enjoy that and while you're out there 
why don't you like us and give us a review? One star, five star, we'll take them all. That's right. And you can reach out to us about any topics that you might want us to cover on the podcast. If you want to be a guest, again, all of that information is going to be on sbpace.com. Don't forget to buy our book, Seriously, Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. It's on Amazon. Uh, and go ahead and like it. Give us a review. Uh, again, one star, five star. We've got a digital workbook on our website, and it is a number one bestseller on Amazon. I got them all. You did get them all. And hey, by the way, we prefer the five star reviews, but we would just be thankful if you would review it. Yes. So whatever you want to do, but do five stars. All right. I'm Julie. And I'm Corey. And this was BizQuick, helping small businesses across America and now London. <laughs>